live from Washington, D.C. It's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Oh, I hope you got your t- your bets in already for Victor Wimbanyama, Rookie of the Year, because he's already taking the league by storm. He's got a three. He's got a block. He's got two rebounds. He's got an assist. And already the Spurs are up 16-7 on the Dallas Mavericks. Fill it up. Man. Yeah, thank God he's fun to watch because my team, uh, I know it's only opening night, but my biggest takeaway from the Bulls so far is they're not good still. They're awful. They're down 17. I know it's the Thunder, and we all like the Thunder. League pass team now becomes, hey, maybe this is a <laughs> sneaky contender. But man, the Bulls are bad. This is a home game. you got to compete in this game, man. Oh, anyway. Yeah, it's you know it's kind of honestly. football. It's it's one of those teams where you know they got a low ceiling, but probably as long as everybody stays healthy, a high floor where they're probably in the playing tournament. Yeah, at least the people in Chicago get Tyler Badgett now. There is Tyler Badgett, you know, which everybody will be excited uh, about for a week or two. Or Tyson. Yeah, why'd you make me say Tyler? Tyson. Like, I'm like Ron Burgundy. I was just making sure you guys are doing your jobs no, over there. No, stop it. No. I can tell you a fun fact about his dad. Did you guys know he's a former professional arm wrestler? Uh, no. Yeah. But Google I've watched it. those contests. I got one about Sam Darnold too. His great grandfather was the great uh, Dick Hammer. Mm-hmm. Do know that. Okay. Sam Darnold's going to get the start this weekend. I do know, I know that, you're too. excited. Yeah. Hey, I told you, comeback player of the year. <laughs> okay, get your okay. tickets now. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Sal Capaccio, friend of show, the legend, jumps on with us. Bill's beat reporter, of course, host of the Extra Point Show, at WGR 550 in Buffalo. Let's just let's just start big picture here with a little old, uh, I guess we could say, state of the Buffalo Bills at this point. Where are we and what's the temperature, not outside, but around this team up there in Buffalo? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on, as always. You know, I would say um, it's a little apprehensive right now. Uh, You know, this team has lost a couple of games that people feel they shouldn't have lost, and the game that they did win in between was against the New York Giants in the last play of the game, so that didn't go so well, you know, and I think people are wondering right now, A, what's going on with the offense the last few weeks? It just hasn't lived up to standard. They've had really slow starts, and then on defense, just missing really key players at all three levels. Daquan Jones is out maybe for the year with a pec injury, at least long-term. Matt Milano's probably out for the year with a leg injury. Tredavious White is out for the year with a torn Achilles. And when you lose guys like that, these are Pro Bowl-level players and all pro players in the case of Milano and, you know, Tredavious White. Now, I don't I don't know if you can really recover from that. And the last couple of weeks, it's shown that there's obviously been a drop-off in defensive play because of it. Saul, do you think that the problem for the offense is the play calling? Because, like, Ken Dorsey kind of came out and said maybe Sean McDermott has more of an input than we thought on the offensive side of the ball. Or do you think it's, you know, like Dalton Kincaid finally got going last week. They don't really have that number two wide receiver. We all wanted to be Gabe Davis. But other than Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen being Superman, there's not, like, a whole lot to this offense for whatever reason. Like, what do you think the problem is? Is it the play calling or is it more the personnel? Well, there's a lot there. Uh, let me just say what happened this week. You know, Sean was, you know, Sean was the one who actually said, you know, he he's he said, look, I'm the head coach. I I'm involved in all aspects. But when things aren't going right, he's gonna, there's going to be more communication. But I think there was too much made about that this week, guys. I mean, he also said he lets his coaches do his, their jobs. You know, and he is the head coach, and that's what you have to do. Um, so I don't think it's like Sean's, you know, ruling the offense or something with some sort of fist. I don't think that's happening at all. Of course, I think any, it's always kind of in between, and there's always some truth in the middle. Sure, could the play calling be better at times? Absolutely. If you go watch the All-22, which a lot of people do and break down, plays are there. The guys are schemed open, and throws aren't being made, or there's a bad read or a bad block, and all those things happen. You could probably look at every team in the NFL, and those things are happening. Um, one thing is the Bills did change a lot and go to a lot of 12 personnel this year. That's something the organization wanted. 
They drafted Dalton Kincaid to go with Dawson Knox, have a lot more 12 personnel to put teams in binds. Um, I, I think they're actually better when they go more 11 personnel, as they did the last several years with all those receivers on the field, and go up tempo and let Josh be Josh. But I think that's the biggest thing, which is to really look at this offense and kind of where there's been a shift. Guys, they put the reins on Josh Allen running. And it's so funny because everyone would say for the last few years, can't have this guy run, can't have this guy run. Well, shoot, you need him to run. That's who he is. Do we yeah. say Lamar Jackson shouldn't run? I mean, that that's – Josh Allen has, I think, 27 runs on the year, something like that. By now, he should have around 60 usually. And I understand the long game. We all do. Like, they, they're trying to keep him healthy. That's totally respectable. But there are times where you have to have Josh Allen be Josh Allen and make Josh Allen things happen, and it's not happening because they're basically kind of reined him in. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm curious. You mentioned the injuries to the defense. Uh, I was looking at a, like a grid that you put out on on social media about how much the defense has declined from week three to week seven, specifically rush yards per game um, and even rush yards per play has kind of stayed consistently not great. Like how how do you deal with that, knowing that the injuries aren't getting better? You talked about key guys going out for the year. Is that through trades? Is that changing the defensive scheme? What do you think is more likely? I don't think they're going to change the scheme, Trista. I think, you know, this team believes in a scheme. It's been very good for the last several years. And I think the advantage of having, uh, you know, a guy like Sean McDermott in this situation is he is, you know, you, you, people say, like, okay, defensive minded head coach, there's a lot of things where, you know, a lot, all time, a lot of times it gives, like, has a negative connotation, right? You want an offensive minded head coach for a lot of reasons. But I think having Sean McDermott is beneficial in this situation. He's a very good schemer. He's a very smart defensive coach. We've seen that. I mean, look what he was able to do to the Miami Dolphins a few weeks ago, you know, coming up with a scheme there. Um, so I don't see that happening. I, I think in some way, shape, or form, they have to examine some of the personnel. The problem is, what are you really going to do? I mean, I think the Bills have a deeper roster than most teams, but deep doesn't mean that they're starting players. That's why they're backups. Deep just means maybe their backups are better than a lot of teams' backups in that situation. But, look, let's take Matt Milano, for example. Mm-hmm. Will Linebacker, all pro. You lose him. The guy backing him up is going to be really good, I think. His name is Dorian Williams, but he's a rookie. And his head is spinning right now. And he flies all around, but he over-pursues. He misses tackles because he's trying to make things happen. The game hasn't slowed down enough for him. You know, that's you know one aspect. Then you're down Tredavious White. It's fine having Christian Benford and Dane Jackson. But when Kyrie Elam's had to play, they've, you know, because of injuries, you know, that's now you're going to your fourth boundary corner. I don't know how many teams can sustain that. So whether it's – I think it might be a trade. But I, I don't know, Trista. I think that, you know, maybe a linebacker could be something they look at. I don't know if they'd want to go the corner route. People talk about helping the offense in a trade. That's fine. Wide receiver. I think maybe they need to do something on the defensive side to stabilize that will linebacker position without Matt Milano. Yeah, it looks like Denver's open for business, so maybe some guys over there might be possible. Yeah. <laughs> Denver, right. I think Minnesota's been thrown in the mix, right? Look what Tennessee is doing. So there might be some things. The other thing is, I'll just say, guys, the Bills don't have much money. I mean, yeah, you can you can find a guy you like, you got to be able to pay him. They did restructure Deion Dawkins' contract. He opened up some money. But really, that's for injury replacement costs as the season goes on. So I don't even know how much the Bills can do here. Sal, let's look at the game on uh, tomorrow night with the Bucks coming to town. Tampa's an eight-and-a-half-point dog coming to Buffalo. Uh, this feels like a Dalton Kincaid game for me a little. you got Dawson yeah. Knox out. Quentin Morris is out. The, the Bucks are actually pretty good defending the tight end. But, I mean, the eight catches for 75 yards last week. Should we expect a lot of targets for Dalton Kincaid in this one, too? You know, I think so. I think, to me, that's the way the game script should be. Uh, we've all been clamoring for more Dalton Kincaid, more yeah. Dalton Kincaid all season. And finally, last week, it started to happen. And finally, last week, I think, you know, it was, okay, this guy, and look, look at his catch percentage, guys. I mean, 
He's had 27 targets, 25 catches. You know, he catches everything. Yeah. And why wouldn't you want him involved in the offense? Um, you know, I think what we'd like to see more of here, though, is the stuff that you saw in college, down the field, down the seam. You're not getting that as much. When he has been targeted, you know, run to the stop sign and turn around like you're playing backyard football, you know, six yards away. And that's all well and good, too. The efficiency has been there for the offense when they've done that. But I think he can be a, a, a playmaker. But, yes, going back to my uh, point earlier about 11 personnel, 12 personnel. So, you know, the Bills really want to run 12 personnel, and I get it. But I think here this might actually force them, and this is no disrespect to Austin Knox. He's a, he's a fine football player. This might force them to be better at what they're better at, actually, and be more of what they're better at, to go in more 11, to running one tight end, spreading the field, and having Dawson Knox as that true slot. I'm sorry, Dalton Kincaid as that true slot receiver. He knows a tight end. Where are you guys at with the Dolphins? Do you see them as a serious threat? You know, they are 5-2. and two. The offense looks great. I was joking. They're kind of like a Pac-12 team because then when they play these physical teams, it seems like they always get punked in those big games, though. But, like, how much of a threat do you think they are in the East? Because the Jets are 3-3 three and three, and then the Pats are 2-5 and five now. I like that comparison. I'm glad you said it, not me, so you know. Uh, but I would say, of course they're a threat. I mean, that offense is amazing, right? You can, they can roll out of bed, it seems like, and score 30 points. But, you know, they're going to have their days and their games where, you know, if they don't sustain that, they're in trouble. And that happened here in Buffalo. They scored two touchdowns, first two drives. Bills shut them down the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. They scored 20 points. The Bills scored 48 on them. You know, the, the stat I like to refer to is you look at the Dolphins' wins. They have five wins. The teams they beat have totaled eight wins. That's it. It's like 240 winning percentage. I mean, they have, they have not beaten anybody. Anytime they step on, up in weight class, they lose. But that said, I'm not going to take their offense lightly at all because they can still outscore you. And even if they play those physical teams and they play teams that can, you know, um, score some points, they can still outscore you. So I do think they're a threat. But um, I think we saw last week in Philly. I think we saw up here in Buffalo. You know, they're, they're not a team that consistently can win in all three phases, and that might be their downfall in the end. You know, really quick, I wanted to ask you about the offensive line. I'm a big uh, fan of a line play, and I think, like, Deion Dawkins has been awesome. But Spencer Brown, I think he's playing the best football of his career. Like, you look at the last three weeks, you know, the pro football focus grades, those look really good. But, like, any time that, like, I don't notice Spencer Brown, I feel like that's a good thing. He's not allowing pressures or anything like that. Do you kind of see the same thing? Are you, any concerns about the offensive line for you? I'll take it a step further. I think that the offensive line has been one of the better units on this team through seven weeks. I think they're, this might be the best offensive line Josh Allen's ever played behind guys, to be wow. quite honest with you. Um, you know, which makes it a little more frustrating, right, with everything that's, that's gone on in the last few weeks in the offense. I mean, Osiris Torrance, is an, he's played tremendous. He's a second-round pick. A lot of people thought he'd be a first-rounder. I think he's playing like a first-rounder. I don't think he's allowed a sack yet this year. Now, I will tell you, Last week was probably his worst week, and it was probably the worst week for the offensive line overall. They missed some blocks last week. Teams are starting to pressure them. We've seen that copycat a few weeks now where teams are kind of going with that simulated pressure, guys from different areas, and Bills have struggled a little bit with it. So we'll see if teams start to do that a little bit more. But I do think the offensive line has played really well. I agree with you about Dion. I think he's playing a really good football right now. And then you got Mr. Steady in the middle, Mitch Morris. I mean, Mitch Morris, just he's, he's just been such a consistent center throughout his time, both in Kansas City and in Buffalo, they went out and got Connor McGovern to play the left guard. Yeah. I think this is the best offensive line that the Bills have had in a while, and I think they're playing really well. What's your thoughts on uh, or assessment on how Gabe Davis has been doing this year? Because in the beginning of the year, he was super hot. Last two games haven't been as much so. What should we expect from him moving forward and uh, tomorrow against a Tampa uh, secondary that's pretty gettable? Yeah, you know, Trista, I think um, Gabe has always been this guy. What you're seeing now is kind of like kind of – same numbers his career has put up. And I think those, those numbers are good. They're not bad. I think people want more from a, a number two wide receiver. And he's in a contract year 
one of the big debates always here in Buffalo is whether or not this team should pay Gabe Davis. Because on the one end, you say, well, you can't pay him. He's not putting up true number number one receivers, you know, numbers. You can't give him 12, 13 million a year. He's not worth that. And on the other hand, you say, okay, you take Gabe Davis out of this offense, what do you got? Stephon Diggs, 30 years old next year, who's behind him? Who's the other outside guy? What are you doing to your offense? And Gabe is a, he's a, he's a Bills guy. He really is. Bills DNA. This guy has won the last two years the, um, the, uh, like the workout award for the team in the offseason. He's a, he's a tremendous worker. He's a great teammate. I think he's, uh, you know, he's a voted team captain. Very rarely to get a wide receiver his age to be voted a team captain. He is. All that said, um, I think you need more production out of him, but that's not just on him. You know, Gabe, he doesn't win like one on one separation, but he gets down the field a little bit. He's got a high yards for, um, target, high average yards. And he's a physical wide receiver. And Josh Allen, you know, last week I think he had five targets, one catch. I'm telling you, I'm on the field. The four catches he didn't have in those targets, he couldn't catch them. Like, that's not on Gabe Davis for whatever reason. It might not just be on Josh for a bad throw. Maybe because, because one, Josh kind of threw it away towards him. But it's not always on Josh. It's not always on Gabe, obviously. So what I expect from him is the same thing we've seen, which is probably he's going to get his three, four catches a game maybe. You might get one or two in a game. But he's always going to be there for a big play. Didn't happen last week, but it generally happens once a game. Sal, got a little over a minute or so here. Just give us overall what you think, how you think the game's going to play out tomorrow night. Well, I think the Bills are an advantage here because they're at home against a team that is flying up here on a short week. It's not a short flight to go from Tampa to Buffalo. They're not familiar with each other. Um, you know, the, the the Buccaneers are right now historically bad, as you guys know, running the football. They can't run the football. Mm-hmm. And I think that puts the Bills at an advantage in a hostile environment to maybe make them one-dimensional with Baker Mayfield. And Bakers play good football, right? But it, if, you have to, if you can get them to throw the ball 30, 35 times, which I think the Bills' plan would be, uh, that would put them at a good advantage. And then, you know, the Bills on offense, I, I just think there's too much talent there, and you have Josh Allen for it not to start working. And as you pointed out, Trista, like, their secondary can be had. They're very good at stopping the run. But if this game is Josh Allen spreading the ball around and going sideline to sideline and down the field. I like the Bills. And, oh, by the way, perfect weather tomorrow night. It gets warm here in Buffalo for this time of year. It's going to be in the 60s wow. and wow. Uh, no rain, no precipitation. No uh, no lake effect snow just yet, so they don't have no, that advantage. That game's That'll actually happened this weekend, though, yeah, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we feel like our weather's weird here in D.C., and then you go to Buffalo, and it's like, just kidding, we can top that. That game's actually moved slightly now. It was Bills minus 8.5. BetMGM now has it Bills minus 9. So uh, we're seeing just, just a slight bit of movement there. Sal, always good to talk to you, man. Thanks it's for coming on. Yeah, you two guys. Uh, be well, and uh, we'll chat down the road, I'm sure. Of course, Absolutely, for sure. Sal. Talk to you soon. Go Bills. My right. Super Bowl yeah. pick. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll they right. can go. Maybe they can go purge a couple of defenses, help right. out in the secondary, and then, uh, you know, all is well again. I, I, they took Wemby out, and I'm upset. I wanted to just watch him play the entire first quarter. Well, he, he can't play, five play five the entire game. Yes, he can. Right. Yes, he, yes, he should play the entire yeah, game. Yeah, Giselle has played nine minutes after Wemby can. I just saw my cousin. I was like, what? Oh, okay. Did you actually see your cousin? Yeah, was, the cousin Joe was just on TV. Was he really? Yeah, I'm not MGM tonight. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.